What a privilege. What an honor to have the ability to put your hand in the hand of the one that holds your tomorrow in his hand. I don't know what people do without the Lord. If it wasn't for the Lord who was on my side, I'm glad I serve a God, a God that is good. Even when it's bad, God is good. He's good all the time. So happy that you're here. If you're a guest today, welcome to First Church. And we believe that we can make a connection and there'll be an opportunity for you to continue and we'll celebrate that. And I celebrate as I see multiple people that are coming and returning and getting connected with First Church. We want you to. This is a great church. If you want to know why it's a great church, look around. Tell your neighbor, you're the reason why. I'm so glad that you're here and we're happy to have you in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bible, the first gospel is the gospel of Matthew. I'll direct your attention there. We'll also preach today from the gospel according to St. Luke. So a couple of the gospels will be our reference point as we share a sermon with you on this Sunday. I certainly trust that you recognize that He is the reason for the season and as we celebrate this wonderful time that we recognize who it is that we are truly celebrating today. If you are looking in Matthew chapter 1, I'll read verse 21 before I go to chapter 2 and read a couple of verses there. Verse 21 of Matthew chapter 1 says... And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. I'm glad that a Savior was born so long ago. I want to now look at the first couple of verses of chapter 2. It says, Now... When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. I want to preach for the next few moments on this Sunday morning, perhaps into the afternoon, this thought. Seek the Savior. He will find you. Seek the Savior. He will find you. I'm so glad that I know who Jesus is. If you are, put your Bibles down, lift your hands and your voice, and begin to rejoice that you know the one true living God. Oh, today, God, I give you praise. Now put your hands together and give praise to our Savior. Give Him an ovation of praise. That only he is worthy to it. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Somebody shout unto God with the voice of victory. There is great praise. There is great praise for a great God who is worthy. You may be seated. Seek the Savior. He will find you. How many of you know that The idea of hide and seek is that the one that hides is intending upon someone to come looking for them so that they might complete the game, hide 
and seek. If all you do is hide, that's not much of a game. The game is that you hide and Brother Nelson, somebody comes looking for you. How many of you have ever been playing hide and seek? And you were so successful that nobody found you. And so you're there and you're like, is there anybody looking for me? And so from that particular hiding place, you come out and you make yourself available. It's happened to me a time or two. I'm like, is there anybody looking for me? And I stick my head out and bam, there they are. They found me because I was willing to let them know that I wanted to be Found. We know that this is the season and we certainly recognize that everywhere we go there are Christmas lights and there are Christmas trees and there are Santa Claus and there is tinsel and mistletoe and everywhere you go it's allowing us to understand they're not hiding today that this is the season to celebrate the birth of our Savior. We read as Matthew begins his gospel and goes through the genealogy of Christ and then tells us that she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Sister Tina, it says powerful words after that. For he shall save his people from their sins. What it declares to me is that a Savior is born. A Savior which is Christ the Lord. And we are declared unto that his name shall be called Jesus. I'm so thankful that his name was called Jesus. And I'm even more thankful today to know that name and the power that comes with that name. When you say the name Jesus, the Bible says that demons have to flee. That there is all power in that matchless, marvelous name. I remember when I was baptized, I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sin. That's why it says that this Savior, Christ the Lord, His name will be called Jesus for He shall save His people. He shall save His people from their sins. So, it's deductive reasoning. A Savior was born that day in Bethlehem. A Savior was born. Someone who would save his people from their sins was brought to us. And that's the reason why today we're celebrating the Christmas season because he came so long ago. We're all innkeepers to some extent because we determine whether there is room for him. I wonder today, is there room for him in this season, perhaps the hustle and bustle of it all, we need to pause and reflect that the real reason for the season is not that we get our gifts that we so desire, but that we give the greatest gift that we can to Him, and that is me. My gift is me. I pray today that every person that's in this place will see the significance of this season as it is a season of our Savior, we celebrate who He is and what He is. He is the Savior of the world. Wise men, wise men from the East were told by Herod to find this one called Christ and 
perhaps you all know the story and know it so well and we will see plays and hear songs sung and perhaps other sermons shared as we talk about the fact that he came so long ago and that when Herod found out that he would be what he was, Herod would desire to destroy him and so he purposed and planned evil in his heart and sent wise men but they were told and instructed that they were to not reveal his whereabouts to Herod but they were to find him for themselves and they were sent on a mission that they then took as a opportunity to find this one babe that would be wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger and they would follow a star A star would shine and they would follow the light as it were. And that light would lead them to him. I told you today as we concluded our Bible study this morning that there is a word that we are so privileged to have. It's the word of God and it's self-described as a lamp and a light. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The same God that provided that opportunity for wise men to find him by following the light tells you and I that we can find the same thing for ourselves. A lamp, a light that will lead all of us to him. I say today, follow the light. Follow the word of God. If you haven't gotten the word of God hidden in your heart, I encourage you today and every day, hide God's word in your heart that you might not sin against him. That's what the book says. So these wise men, as we see the story unfold, follow this star by night and this light leads them to him. And they find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They present their gifts to him. How many of you know the gifts that they gave? Gold and frankincense and myrrh. And those are the things that they gave to our precious Lord and Savior as he was but an infant. He does not desire only frankincense, gold and myrrh today, but even more, he he invokes all of us to give ourself to him. This is the season that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Find the greatest gift to give. That would be you, your time, your energy, your effort, your finance, and give it to our Savior. But first, you must find him. First, it must be in your heart to seek our Savior. I preach today that wise men still seek Him. It's not gender specific. I tell you that wise women, young ladies, young men, children today, all that are wise, anyone that knows anything about Him knows that we should still seek Him today. It should be in our hearts during this Christmas season that we should not only desire and seek after the things that we in our flesh want, but we should even more importantly and perhaps no doubt significantly seek our Savior. I pray today that it's in the heart of everyone that is here to purpose and plan in your heart during this season to find Him for He is 
the Savior of the world. As I studied this particular passage in Matthew and how that it unfolds and tells the wonderful Christmas story, we all love celebrating the Christmas story, but there are other passages throughout the Word of God that tell similar stories. And if you were to look to the book of Luke, this writer here tells us about someone that is chief among the publicans and he's rich. Luke the 19th chapter the first verse introduces us to Zacchaeus and describes him as I just have that he was chief among the publicans and rich. If that's something that you're interested to know why that would be significant and important, you would perhaps have to go back to chapter 18 and understand that in chapter 18 it says this. Brother, Brother Gary, it says that how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, that sets the standard as something that is extremely difficult, if not impossible, a camel going through a needle's eye, a rich man entering into the kingdom of God. Those two are interchangeable, so to speak. Sister Butler, really what it's saying is it's impossible. How many of you have ever faced an impossible situation? Anybody ever dealt with a dilemma and a situation that there was no answer? There was no solution set. There was no deliverance. There was no help. There was no hope. Anybody ever felt hopeless in a certain situation? Perhaps I'm preaching to people today that you're dealing with the dilemma. You're involved in something that they're doesn't seem to be any help. There doesn't seem to be any hope. It just seems hopeless. How many of you know that the Bible says this, that hope deferred maketh the heart sick? You had such high aspirations, such high goals. You had such high desire. And now everything seems to have fallen apart and it just seems hopeless. It just seems helpless. We live in a world, especially during this season, that people are oppressed and depressed, saddened. Everywhere you go, you find people that are spreading holiday cheer, but then you also see the sad faces of those that are dealing with difficulty, that they find no hope, no help. Perhaps even those that are here today, while you plaster a smile on your face as you enter into the house of God, and your heart, your heart hurts because you are not healed of the hurt. You are not satisfied that our Savior is exactly that. A savior. Well, let me encourage you today that the things, the same book, the book of Luke, the 18th chapter, the same book, Sister B, that says that how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The same book says that the things which are impossible, hear what I'm saying today, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. So be encouraged today that your impossibility is not impossible with God. The key to that is with God. So I'm trying to encourage everyone today that the difference maker is when you make up your mind to seek the Savior. When you decide, I don't have to stay where I am. There is a solution set to the things that seem impossible and that is seek a Savior. And if you will make up your mind today and say, I want to see Jesus. 
I want to see Jesus for who he is. I want to know him the way pastor's preaching about him. I want to know that he can fix that which seems like it cannot be. That he can help out of the hell that seems to happen on a regular basis. That he can deliver from the difficulty that I deal with on a daily basis. There is hope. There is help. And it's found in Jesus. The same book that tells us Zacchaeus, chief among the publicans, he's rich. Tells us that this one that there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope for. He's rich. Rich men don't make it to heaven. Rich men don't get to see Jesus. But in his... Did you know that it's possible to have all the money in the world and not have any happiness? So many people think that happiness is dependent upon their bank account. I want somebody to understand something. That it doesn't matter. The eyes of a man are never satisfied. Did you know the richest man in the world still wants more? Do you know that if Bill Gates were stopped and pick up a $100 bill, that that would be counterproductive because he makes more in the time that it would take him to stop and bend over and pick that up than what he would if he did. And yet, he will not find happiness within any of the monies that he has because there is no happiness in money. Happiness, joy, satisfaction comes from only one source. In each one of us there is created something that only he can satisfy. That's why today no matter what your bank account may or may not be today I say seek the Savior. Find what you need in him. Pastor I just don't know whether I can find it. You're you're exactly right. You cannot find it outside a desire to see him for who he is. The Bible says that, Sister Sheila, that he sought to see Jesus for who he was. He wanted to see Jesus for who he was. He knew what had been said. He read in the Jericho Journal that no rich man's entering into the kingdom of God. He knew that he was rich, but Sister Lulabelle, he still said, I want to see Jesus for who he is because I believe that if I can find the one that was born to save his people from their sins, then I too, though I'm rich, can still be saved. I want to tell everybody here today that you don't have something that our Savior cannot solve. That you're not dealing with the difficulty that our Savior cannot deliver. That our God, our God, the the Savior of the world can save you. Look at your neighbor and say, He can save you. And He can save you too. But we must... As Zacchaeus did, desired to see Jesus for who he was. The Bible, as soon as it says, for he sought to see Jesus for who he was, but could not. What were the reasons that kept him from seeing our Savior? The same reasons that keep you and I from seeing him. You see, every one of us, it sounds so simple. Pastor makes it sound so simple. All you got to want to do is see Jesus for who he is. All my problems are solved. That just seems too good to be true. And perhaps it is because we we have things that keep us. We have circumstances and situations that keep us from finding him, that keep us, prevent us from seeing him. It's at work even in this sanctuary today because if you make up your mind, I want to see Jesus for who he is, 
The same thing that happened to Zacchaeus will happen to you. There'll be a couple of things that come up that create a crisis or a distraction or a detour. And they are these things. For him, it was, the Bible said, the press. Those people that surrounded him were the problem for Zacchaeus. You see, he had taken money from these people that didn't belong to him. He had stolen from the people that surrounded our Savior. And because of that, those people were not people that liked Zacchaeus. How many of you find it uncomfortable to be surrounded by people that don't like you? I don't know if you've ever felt that, but that's not a good feeling to have. And that's the feeling that Zacchaeus found himself in. Sister Trina, he was there, and he wanted to see Jesus, and everybody around Jesus didn't like him because he'd stolen money from them. Look at your neighbor and say, that was his fault. You know, Sister Laura talked about it a little bit today. You know, some of the reasons, some of the reasons we find ourselves in the shape we're in are, well, they're our own fault. How many of you would be transparent enough to say, some of your problems you created for yourself. And if you didn't raise your hand, lion's one of those things, so you might as well just raise your hand. Everybody here today has some problems that, well, they're just our fault. You know, I didn't say elbow your spouse. I said just admit it today. Hey, I'm the one. Woe is me. I got some problems today. I make some mistakes. You see, I don't do everything I'm supposed to do. My flesh, it, it sometimes trumps the spirit and I, I make bad choices and I, and I do. How many of you know that we are products of the choices that we make? You know, if you decide to speed and those lights come on, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get yourself a little Christmas present. And you're going to have to pay the piper. And that's why, you know, I, I was driving home last night and I, I, saw the, I saw the wonderful police officer there. And as soon as I did, I just started. You know, they got this little button that you can hit on your cruise. I, I don't know how you all practice, but the way I play the game is I drive nine miles over the speed limit. Because I found that's a pretty good gamble, you know. I mean, that's just, so far that's been successful. But when I see him, I'm not comfortable with nine. I just keep hitting that all the way down. So I, I so thankfully, thankfully, that didn't happen. Then I get into town and I decide to get gas at Casey's because Casey's 24 days of rewards. If you have, if you've been missing out on Casey's 24 days till Christmas, man, I got nutter butter cookies last night and then I filled up. I'm getting me a slice of pizza sometime in the future because I filled up and I come out of the, I come out of Casey's last night pretty late, Brother Clyde, and then I'm driving along and I'm like, man, that guy behind me is driving fast. And you know, it was one of them wonderful police officers and those lights came on and heart sunk and then he went right around me and picked that guy up in front of me who deserved whatever he got. You see. <laughs> well, I love the lights, but not those if you know what I'm talking about. Tis the season. In either situation, had I been a recipient of a little piece of paper that told me how much I owed, I would have deserved what I would have gotten. There are think choices that we make that we have to live by those choices. And it's, look at your neighbor and say, it's just my fault. And then, not only was 
the press a problem for Zacchaeus. You see, what are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the fact that when we make up our mind that we want to see our Savior for who he is, we're going to run into some challenges and we're going to run into difficulty and that's just life. Life just happens and then there are things, hear what I'm saying today, there are things that are not your fault. Zacchaeus was short and that wasn't his fault. To all the short people in the house, understand that it's not your, it's not your choice. You, didn't, you, you weren't born and said, I'll take the short gene. No, there's something about it. it just ha- Life happens. Look at your neighbor and say, life happens. Short wasn't his fault. It wasn't his choice. It was something that he had that happened to him that was outside. I want to tell somebody that there are things that people deal with. Hear what I'm preaching to you this morning. There are things that people deal with that it's not their fault. There are things that have been said to people. There are things that have been done to people. It's not their fault that they were said or done to them. We live in a society that is a sick society. We live in a society that is warped. Their minds have been given over. They are reprobate. They are taking actions upon our kids, and not just our kids, but adults as well. There are people that are having things done to them that they do not deserve, and it's not their fault. Nonetheless, they are detours and distractions from seeking the Savior. There are things that have happened to you. It's not your fault, but you're still trying to navigate through them and it's causing a crisis and it's preventing you, as it were, from seeing the Savior as who He is. Today I preach, seek Him and He will find you. Make a decision that you will not be distracted, you will not be detoured, you will focus your faith and find Him. Make a, make a mental a mental decision today. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. We know the story. It was referenced in worship today. Zacchaeus made a decision. I'm going to do something. Whatever I have to do to get to where I know he's going to go. And that's exactly what he did. The Bible says to Shelby that he ran before and he climbed up into a sycamore tree. It may take a little action. It may take, matter of fact, it will take action and effort if you're to find him or if you want him to find you. You must say today, I want to see him for who he is and I'll do what I have to do. If you'll do your part, I know he'll do his. Let me just say that again. If you'll do your part, I know he'll do his. The wise men saw the sign. They followed the star. They wouldn't just see the star and all of a sudden him appear, but no, they followed the star and because they followed the star, they found the Savior. And he would ultimately save them from their sin. So today, whether the challenge is self-created or things that have happened to you that you didn't deserve and aren't your fault, make a decision. Make a conscious choice that I'm going to do what I have to do to have him find me. The Bible says he ran before, climbed into a sycamore tree for he knew he was to pass that way. And when Jesus, with everybody, made himself Available. The Bible says that when he looked up, he saw Zacchaeus. You see, our Savior knows where you are. You don't play a game of hide and seek from the Savior and him not find you. He knows exactly. Others may not know. I might not know. Your spouse may not know. There are those that you can keep these things from, but there is one that you cannot, and his name is 
Jesus. He will save his people. He will save his people. My desire during this season is that his people be saved, that the true Christmas is that we would see him as a savior, that he might find us and help us and heal us and deliver us and save us. So when our savior sees Zacchaeus, and he spots the short fella in the sycamore tree, he says these words, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must abide at thy house. He's saying, hey, let's not draw this out. Why would we want to wait till 23? Why not go ahead? To, there's not a better time than this holiday season for you to find the Savior of the world. There's not a better time for you to be delivered from your difficulty, set free from your circumstance than this Sunday when you say, I want to see the Savior for who he is. That simple statement of I want to see the Savior for who he is will spark something in him and he will find you. And when he does, he'll say, it's time to make a choice. Make haste and come down for today I must abide at the house. Today. Let me say today. Today is the day. Quit putting off what he wants to do. Some of you have been saying, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next month. And putting off what the same. God wants to do for you what you need him to. And he wants to do it today. Somebody say today. today. Make haste. Quickly come. When you think long, you think wrong. Somebody hear what I'm saying? When you think long, you think wrong. What happens too often is the adversary talks you out of a response to what the Lord's dealing with you. See, God's dealing with you today saying, I can help you, I can heal you, I can set you free, I can deliver you, I can uplift you, I can strengthen you, I can encourage you, I can give you peace, I can do these things for you. And yet, before the altar service begins, the adversary will talk you out of doing what he is trying to talk you into, and that is allowing him to be your Savior. If you will seek him, he will find you. He found Zacchaeus, and when he did, he said, Make haste and come down for today I must abide at thy house. And he did, and he did. When he got there, when he got there, there's something about it. When you make a conscious choice to find our Savior and to see him for who he is, he will find you, and when he finds you, he will save you. And there's something that changes in you. How many of you know that Zacchaeus was transformed because the guy that was stealing things from people was wanting to give it back and to give it back more? (coughs) When somebody takes something from you, how often do they come back and say, you know, I stole that $5. I'm going to give you that 5 and another 5 And that doesn't, this doesn't happen. But when you have transformation take place, it changes you. Oh, thank God for the change that comes when he finds us. Would you stand with me? And as we conclude this sermon on this Sunday, let me say that if you will seek him, he will find you. Let me clearly state that when he does, you are then saved. The Bible says this, that as he speaks and says that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He says to Zacchaeus, this day has salvation come to this house. Did you know that he could say the same to you today if you'll make the same choice? 
that Zacchaeus made that day, if you'll make a conscious decision to see, to seek the Savior, He will find you. And when He does, He will save you. Because that's who He is. That's what He does. For the Son of Man, verse 10 of chapter 19 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to tell everybody here, you don't have to stay the way you are. You don't have to remain lost. You don't have to stay sad. You don't have to sit in your circumstance. You don't have to be bound by unbelief, doubt, anxiety, and fear. You can be free. You can be saved. You can find help. And it starts with the choice to seek a Savior. I say today, seek the Savior and He will find you. Let me preach to you as I close that when you can't get to where He is, He will come to where you are. Many feel that you are a great way off, but a great way off isn't as far as it feels. It's a simple step towards our Savior and that Savior will run to you. Don't get so good at hide and seek that He can't find you. Why don't you just come out and say, Here I am, Lord. I'm looking for you. Instead of having you look for me, here I am. If you will seek the Savior today, He will find you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you need, you need a Savior. You need a circumstance solved. You need a difficulty delivered. You need to be set free. You need help. You need hope. You need healing. If that describes you, simply lift your hand toward heaven right now. And there are many that are in this house that have lifted their hand. And it takes great courage to be transparent. But I tell you today, I feel the Holy Ghost compelling someone to come and to find what you need. Simply step out from where you are and make it easy on Him and come to the front of this building and watch Him work and know that He will find you. These altars are open and they're waiting for people that need help and hope and healing and salvation and deliverance. If you will seek the Savior, He will find you. As they begin to sing, I ask that you would begin to pray and let Him today do His work, a work of deliverance, a work of hope, a work of healing, a work of salvation. He will find you.